Hello and welcome to the Hoop True Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as they do on all of our shows, my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And my brother Mike O'Connor. Luke is wearing a Washington Wizards Porzingis jersey. That's Just all I have to say. absolutely shameful. I mean, my God. Although honestly, I told the Porzingis is having the redemptive arc right now, so maybe Luke is just ahead of the curve. It's a it was a gift, and uh, you know I wanted to respect it, and uh, I did tell the gift giver that uh, I did tell my dad that Porzingis is somewhat of a uh, villain in New York, but no. Uh, it's I mean, at it's the deadline, perfect. people were I, the the chatter on the internet around Porzingis near the deadline. It seemed like people were willing to forgive, so. You never know. You could just be ahead of it. You, you I, honestly, I hope I am. Jersey could absolutely go up in value. I mean, he's having probably his best season since that one as a Nick. So, I, uh, I I will also mention that um, I have collected some jerseys, and almost every jersey I have, they've gotten traded. I have like Kyrie Cavs, Paul George, uh, Pacers, James Harden Rockets. Uh, you know, are, so, but that James cool. Harden Rocket one might come back to be valuable again this summer with Maybe. all the rumors swirling. And then indeed will be a Nick. Ah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. A lot's up in the air, especially if they burn out. But I think that's a it's a good segue into what we were going to talk about today. We have about what 15, 20 games left for everyone, just roughly. So we want to take a look at the beginning of the season. We did a chart. We looked at who were going to be the top 10 or so in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Then we gave our predictions for you know who's going to advance and win the finals, as well as the uh regular season awards. So now with most of the games wrapped up um, and I'm assuming very little variability down the stretch here in the last, you know, less than a quarter of games left. We could probably get into have some a little more accurate guess of how everything's going to unfold, but also just talk through some of the major things going on. So we agreed walking in here that the West is where it's at right now. It's way more fun talking about the West. So we'll start there. I think it goes without saying now, it seems like they're safely going to lock it in. The Nuggets are going to be the one seed, right? Got to be. Across the board, I think we agree. Their schedule is about to get very easy. Um, I don't think they play anyone, any of these like title contenders in their next like 10 games. So I really do think they're going to wrap this thing up. Um, But it gets so much more fun at two. (laughs) Do they? Do the Nuggets have the best record? I'm I'm curious. No. No. They have. That was my. Opening of the season guess on the original sheet that the they Nuggets are forty five and nineteen. The Bucks are forty five and eighteen. Uh, so the Celtics are also forty five and nineteen. So those three teams have far and away the best records. The next closest is the seventy sixers, actually, who are three and a half games back of them. Um. So yeah, but anyway, I do think the Nuggets realistically are safe in the West. I mean, they have a six-game lead on the number two Grizzlies. I can't imagine them closing that gap, especially amid all the crap that's going on around them right now, um, which we got to talk about. We got to talk about this. Yeah. I know uh, we talked about the whole Pacers incident when, you know, apparently Jaws team is, like, flashing a laser pointer at, like, Pacers' assistance, and everyone was like, ah, it's kind of dumb. Is that true? But now, like, stories keep coming out of Jaw, like, roughing people up. The, the circus keeps getting bigger. I, uh, you know, when the first allegation comes out or, like, the first, like, bad media that comes out of your locker room, like, you hope to, like, stop it right there and end it. But I feel like we just continue to snowball into something bigger and bigger. And obviously, it's led to John Morant's two-game suspension. Oh, yeah. And it's it's him, technically, I don't know that it's, like, so much a suspension as it is, like, he's stepping away. F- I, it almost feels like a PR thing. Like, it really feels like they're like, all right, look, stop showing your gun on Instagram Live. Like, maybe don't beat up a 17-year-old, allegedly. I, obviously, nothing's been confirmed. Um, like, maybe don't do those things. They ste- He's going to step away for a few games. It sounds like it's going to be two, maybe a few more. It seems like it was, like, an indefinite thing, but at least two games. Um they are in a weird spot, though, where they can't really afford to be losing games. They're only a game and a half up on the Kings right now. Um, yeah. It's and also important be... to mention that they're without Brandon Clark now for the season, who's going to end up missing like a whole year, maybe even more. And then Dylan Brooks ACL. with the technicals. Yeah. And, I mean, Steven Adams has been out. Like, they've had guys in and out of the lineup all year. Um, it's been a weird, weird season for them. Um and so I do. I think there is a chance they fall off. I also think that this like could greatly affect chemistry down the stretch. Um, 
uh, with a lot of, I mean, I know we always say it, a lot of like the out of basketball, like uh, truly the things that happen off the court, it can have such a dramatic impact on what actually is, takes place in just every game. And this feels like one of those things that it's such a big distraction for their best player that it really could affect them and how they play and how he specifically plays. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely was skeptical of the Grizzlies going into the year. Um, I think our our chart probably reflects that. And honestly, if we went back to that episode, I know I was saying like I could see them missing the bio, missing the. Uh, um, I we think we did. Be. Yeah, I think Grizzlies I just said going to have them in the play in or something. But um, yeah, I do. I, I totally am. I'm out on the Grizzlies this season, just from every possible angle. What is this a story of? Like, I just don't understand how this happened. Like, who's... I don't understand the why. Like, why is he doing this? You're you're literally in line to make hundreds of millions of dollars throughout your career. Like, why? Why are you doing this? You have no reason to be doing this. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that he's, what, 22? Something he's like that. young, yeah. Yeah, so when I'm 22, I'm sure my head wasn't fully on my shoulders. And, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, but if you were up... making millions of dollars... You wouldn't be making this glare. It's not Luke. Your head was on your shoulders. Like, uh, you would get like I don't know. So, yeah, I, when I, mean, I was twenty-two, I was like getting hammered and like whatever, but and doing like dumb stuff. Yeah, this that's what he's doing. This, I, I he's just, beating up a seventeen-year-old kid allegedly and like threatening a security guard at a mall and like. I mean, these aren't things that I ever I'd, in a million years would have done. When I was twenty-two, I'd get angry about stupid stuff like a basketball game, right? So like, yeah, the kid was seventeen, but like when you. You know, like stuff like that happens all the time to regular people. It just so happens to be that John Morant needs to be a role model because he does make all this money and being a face in the NBA means a lot. So, um, you know, the spotlight was on him. And um, obviously, like it takes away from your team. And in my opinion, I don't know if the Grizzlies will ever come back. I, I think between them pretty much making themselves become a villain within the whole NBA. And then on top of all this stuff that's going on off the court, I, I don't. I, I just uh, you know, and losing a piece like Brandon Clark for a full year, right? Like, oh, what does yeah. that do to your team next year? I understand you have Stephen Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Xavier Tillman, but like Brandon Clark played valuable minutes for them every day. So um, totally. And and the other thing, the other layer on all of this that I kind of, I mean, I think it's a little funny. It's awful. I feel bad for them, but like Nike, my God, what a horrible stretch for their shoe deals. After yeah. having to drop Kyrie at the beginning of the year for his stuff. Then they are like, all right, we got Jaw now. And they launched his new shoe and everything. And literally it did not even take a full season for that now to be in jeopardy. And they had to put out a statement about all this. Like, it is just like, you can't make this up. That's why I love the NBA. There's always something. There's always drama. <laughs> there's always something it's, going on. I mean, the, the guards sell shoes, right? Like, when you think about, like, Steph Curry's and, um, you know, oh you, you want to think about, like, these electrifying athletic guards. And so it was the right guy to sign historically, but obviously didn't work out. I also think they're going to put him around the right people. Like his agents and everything are going to get him back on track. And like, this isn't going to be a long-term issue. I can't imagine it is. And if it is, then that's telling. Cause I mean, he is getting a second chance here by yeah. like them being like, all right, take a few games off and then come back. So like, yeah, I do think he'll figure it out. If not though, that could be it for him. Like it really could. So, um, I don't know. But in any event, back to basketball, I don't think I think the Grizzlies realistically, I can't envision them falling down to four. I mean, they are three and a half games ahead of the Suns. And like, I don't think they're going to lose that much to the point that a three and a half game difference is going to happen now in the last 15, 20 games. Can we agree that the Kings will be here at two, though? I think the Kings will pass them. I do. What about the Suns? That's what I'm saying. Do you think they're going to fall three and a half games to the Suns? I know the Suns are great, and like they they've shown they have this potential to like really go on a run here. I think they but could. They're... John misses two. They're playing the Clippers and someone else. Yeah, um, you know, like unless Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to all of a sudden become like this all NBA guy. Why couldn't the Suns be the two seed? Is what I'm saying. I could see that. I just don't think they'll pass the Kings. I think if the Kings just keep playing their game, I don't think there'll be enough time for the Suns to pass them. They're, they're three. Bad. They're three and a half games back out of two, and like, uh, do you really expect them to catch both teams ahead of them? I mean, the Grizzlies. It's a tall order, in a in a short amount of time. That's a tall order. That's more why I think they're better than both teams ahead of them, without question. Like, I would be much more afraid of the Suns in the playoffs than I would either of those teams. 
But that said, like you do kind of dig yours. It's almost like how we talk about the Lakers being like at the beginning of the year, they dug that hole. They're playing so much better now, even without LeBron. But they dug their hole. Like they're not going to be able to move up. Granted, they're a scary first round matchup or a play in matchup for some team. But like it's the same thing with the Suns now. I don't know that they're going to be able to get up to the two. Here we go. The Suns, their next game is Wednesday against Oklahoma City. They're going to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saturday, March 11th, they're playing the Kings. So it's a big game. It's a big game. So they could jump one game up in this in the standings, basically. Yeah. How many times did they, did they play the Kings again? Let me pull up the schedule. They play Sacramento at the end of March. Wow. Yeah, they're. Oh. I could see it then. See, if they listen, can beat the Kings twice, they could definitely move up into second. Their remaining schedule is pretty brutal. I got to be honest. I just pulled it up. Who they find? So I'll rattle them off. I'll rattle them off. So Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Golden State, Milwaukee, Orlando. Oklahoma City again, the Lakers, the Kings again, the 76ers, the Jazz, the Timberwolves, Denver, the the Thunder again, San Antonio, then Denver, and both LA teams to end the year. Most of those games are hard. I think there's only five of those games that are true, like, they're going to win. Yeah, but then the other games are winnable when you think about, like, playing the Lakers twice. Both sure. those games are winnable. Sure, but you are going to be going like, I mean, even just the stretch. All right, you play Oklahoma City next, but then you have to go the Kings, Golden State, and Milwaukee three games in a row. That's brutal. I'll push for the Suns at two, though. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I I don't believe it'll happen. But I'll let you guys, if you guys both think it's that's the reality, then plug them in there at the two. Kings or Suns? I'm going to tiebreak here, Phoenix. Wow. Okay. Fine. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. And then Sacramento here. Yeah. Do we envision a scenario where the Grizzlies fall fall even further than that? Because I don't. I just yeah, don't no. think there's enough time. I don't think there is either. If the you know the Grizzlies are going to play some of the tanking teams like Houston or mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, Orlando, Detroit, I mean, any of those teams. They're five and a half up on the um, Warriors now, so I really can't imagine that swing happening. I think it goes Memphis. Then realistically, I do think the Warriors are going to be the five. And Steph Curry just came back. Which is just an awesome first round matchup. Because those two teams after last season, they don't like each other. No, they don't. So, But I I think no matter who Memphis plays in any any series, it's going to be really tough for them. I also think it's important to think about this four or five matchup. I was watching ESPN the other day and they were talking like, okay, so the Nuggets beat whoever comes out of the play in at eight. And then they go on to the next round and they got to play like, Golden State, they got to play Phoenix, Memphis, right? They have all these point guards who are going to really expose Jokic in a pick and roll. So, like, I think it's really important this four or five matchup. Like, is that something you want? If you have a Steph Curry, is that something you want? If you have a John Morant, right? So, yeah. I mean, I do. I actually think, I know we've been saying for so long that the West is so deep and there's so many good teams and that the playoffs are going to be this gauntlet. I actually think the East is going to be the same way. And I'll wait until we start talking about the Eastern Conference to like really get into that. But yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these first round matchups are tough, but then the second round ones, my God, it's just going to be brutal. Um, but all right, here's the fun part of the conversation. So we agree the Warriors are probably going to be the five, especially they just got Steph back today. I know they lost to the Lakers, but like Steph's first game back, whatever. Um, who's going to be six? Because this is such a tight race for the sixth spot. I'm trying to think like uh the Timberwolves currently have it and they're a half game up on the Mavericks and they're a full game up on the Clippers. Yeah. I think I, it's the Clippers, personally. Do you think Carlin Anthony Towns comes back? I don't know. It's a weird spot. Like I think it's so weird that he hasn't been playing. Like I thought this was supposed to be only like a two month injury when it happened, and he's still out. So that if they're gonna bring him back before the playoffs, it's gotta happen soon. You gotta give him time to like really ease back in. I could see the Clippers moving up then because I don't think the Mavericks necessarily have the uh, compatibility, the chemistry to move up into move up in, out of the play in. I, I, I mean, think it would be hard for them. No, I mean, I honestly, I, I think everything we've seen from the Mavericks is that like who'd they beat? They beat um, on Friday. Um, let me pull it up. Where Luca and Kyrie combined for 80, 80 plus. They beat the Sixers? Yeah, yes, when they beat the Sixers. It took a, like a, just a heroic effort from both of them to kind of narrowly beat that team. And sure. granted, the Sixers are a good team. Don't get me wrong. Like that's not I'm not trying to be negative. But 
Like, if that's the only way you're going to be able to sustainably beat teams, because they've struggled everywhere else. They, they've lost more games than they've won in the Kyrie era. Mm-hmm. Um, it really strikes me as something where they're going to have to be perfect offensively to beat teams. And if not, they're in trouble, which is why I do think they're going to land firmly in the play-in. And I'll be, I'll go even one further. I think there's a chance they're not going to have home court in the play-in. I, I mean, I do think it's a little strange, but like they're only two games up on the Lakers. They're only a game and a half up on the Jazz and Pelicans. It wouldn't shock me if just the way the schedule ends, like that other teams catch them. It wouldn't. It's so interesting. Like when you get from six through the Lakers, right? The Lakers are at 11. Lakers are at 11. Like that, the, the six through 11 could end in so many different ways. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's all so close. I mean, I real realistically think it's going to be some combination of the Clippers, Timberwolves. Uh, Clippers or Timberwolves are probably going to be six. I just think there's enough cohesion there. And, like, there's just less question marks around I those wanna, teams. I want to put the Timberwolves in at six. I want to put the Timberwolves in at six, too. And here's why it's the tiebreaker with the Clippers. I th- I just think them, like, totally overhauling their roster at the deadline for no reason – moving Luke Kennard, bringing in Eric Gordon, bringing in Russell Westbrook for literally no reason and starting him. Like, they're, they've been bad since the deadline. Objectively, that team has been much worse. And it, we were saying a while back, like, they were figuring things out. I'd say in January, they looked like a force to be reckoned with, especially when everyone was playing. That's why, like, I don't understand a lot of the changes they made at all. So I do. I think the Timberwolves, with or without Cat, probably hang on to six, as crazy as that sounds. I'm a yeah. That, that, I'm amazed to, to think that. I don't know. Part of me thinks that the cream will just rise and and the Clippers will get, will wind up getting out of the play-in. I think out of all of the play-in teams, they're the best Definitely. by far. Yes. And I talk about like question marks, like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I just think they the Minnesota like uh, the beginning of the season they weren't gelling well together with the addition of Rudy Gobert, but I think Cat being out has been a blessing in disguise. Where now they can kind of play through Anthony yeah. Edwards and just allow one big to be on the floor at a time. Because I don't think that Cat Gobert combo was a good one. Also, sitting here looking at this, like I, they're they're question mark. Anthony Edwards is great, and they're kind of tough. This team, the King t- Kings Timberwolves, could break that could break any different way. If that oh, were yeah. the first round matchup, I don't think the Timberwolves are a bad team. I just don't think they necessarily have the ceiling when it comes to their stars. You know, no, and I mean you're also just hemorrhaging money into your big men who don't play well together. Like it is hard to win like that. Um, it's going to be yeah. cool when they get a when they get a king's ransom for Cat when they trade him. They, oh, that's what that's like probably this off season. It's probably the only reality in their future. I mean, we've seen they are literally winning games with Gobert and not Cat. And, like, Edwards seems to have ad- adjusted and is playing well in the system. And, like, I do think that's realistically their only path forward. You shed D'Lo for Mike Conley. Mike Conley will be around for another year, I think, which is good for them. I think that's a good presence to have. And then from there, you can pivot. Like, you can pivot a couple years down the line and, like, still be good, but build around Anthony Edwards now. Um, but for the time being, you're right. I think Cat's probably on the way out. The writing's on the wall. All right. So since we put the Timberwolves at six, do we want to put the Clippers at seven? Probably. I do. Okay. So do I. So I'll agree with that. They're only a half game up of the half game back of the Mavs. Right. Yeah, they're half game back of the Mavs, and like I do think they're just better objectively, even though I they're five hundred. I think I want to put the Mavs in next here at eight. Yes. I just think it's Probably the most likely outcome. I think the Jazz are probably going to lose more. Um, I think the Pelicans, if they don't get Zion back, will continue to lose. I think it's probably going to go Clippers, Mavericks, Lakers, Pelicans. If if, if I mean, because the Lakers are only a half game back of both of them. Mm-hmm. So I think the Lakers pass them both. And then the Pelicans are just better than the Jazz is my... I don't know. Do you guys take any issue with that? I like the Lakers in at nine. I think that's probably where they end up. And I think there is a chance they beat the Mavericks. I do. Or like, I I think there's a chance they move up above the Mavericks. Really? Number 10 here is really, really difficult because there's a, there are teams here that are looking to be bad. And there's a team here that's looking to be good. And I think, right. So I think if like, do you put faith in Portland to say like, 
they can outpace the Thunder, who are now going to be managing SGA's minutes. Are they able to get past the Jazz, who are currently the highest rated uh, tanking team? And um, then, right. like, the Pelicans. I know we talk about Zion, but, like, even Brandon Ingram hasn't been healthy, which... No. Makes and when he better. has played, he hasn't been great, so... Same thing with CJ McCollum. He wasn't the CJ McCollum from last year. No. So... No, and that's why, you know, I... I would be. I just feel like Portland. I didn't like their deadline moves. I thought they got worse. Like mm-hmm. I didn't understand the Josh Hart trade. If you really were adamant about trying to make the playoffs, that said, Dame is having the best season of his career. By like, and I don't think it's particularly close. He just had seventy-one, which mm-hmm. it's funny we haven't recorded since. But that the fact that that's happened twice now this season is insane. But whatever. I do think they're probably in trouble because I don't think they're deep enough. I think it's only Dame. Like, Simon's had a great start to the year, and he slowed down. I don't overly believe in Jeremy Grant isn't, as much. Isn't Simon's and Nurkic, aren't they both out for extended time? They think- Yeah, but that's my point. Like, they've just totally fallen off, and they're relying on Dame to carry them. And it's like, he's doing an okay job, considering it's just him against the world, but... Yeah, yeah. but, um, okay, so one and a half games back of ten, do you think they can push up into the play-in? Let me look at New Orleans. So we think the Lakers and Blazers would both jump the Jazz and Pelicans. I have a hard time believing it. So do you think the Pelicans or the Jazz? I, personally, I think it's probably the Pelicans. But What are you looking at, Mike? The Pelicans' schedule. And who are they playing? I can pull this bad boy up. Let's see. All right. I Brooklyn. got it. Their next three games are Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Utah. They could they could win all three. Are you looking at the Pelicans? Yeah. Oh, Pelicans. I'm sorry. That was October. Yeah. The next three are Sacramento, Dallas, Oklahoma City, Portland, the Lakers. They're literally playing all the teams in their orbit for those last spots. Um, but then they have two against Houston, San Antonio, Charlotte, then the Clippers, then Portland again, then Golden State, Denver, the Clippers, the Kings, Grizzlies, Knicks, Timberwolves. Wow. Those last oh, like that's 10 the games are brutal. That's the Pelicans. Those last 10 games are brutal. So let's say they have 20 games left. Those first 10 aren't too bad, and they're all like kind of in their orbit or much worse. Yeah. And then that last 10 is brutal. Good Lord. I guess my thinking is, are Brendan Ingram and CJ McCollum going to be healthy, and are they going to play their best basketball? Yeah. Uh I don't know. That's a huge question mark. I don't know. For the 10 seed, can we do some wishful thinking and say it's Dame? It's just more fun to have Dame in. What do you guys think? I think it's more fun to have Dame in too. Yeah. I just don't think it's happening, but fine. We can put him there. But then I want the Pelicans right behind him because I do think the Pelicans have a better chance than the Jazz. Yes. Spell Trailblazers wrong. Trail and Blazers. Trail and Blazers. Uh, yeah, let's get let's get the Pelicans in there. And then you think the Jazz are here in at twelve? I think the Jazz, yeah. And then who the hell? Who cares after that? Everyone OKC. stinks. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be OKC, the Spurs, and Rockets. But who do you think is gonna end up worse, the Spurs or the Rockets? The Rockets. The Rockets control their destiny now. Um, so they're probably gonna have the worst worst record again. I find the Rockets to be so interesting because I feel like they have all these young pieces, but yeah, haven't really been able to string anything together. Maybe that's because they're just still so young, or I think it's um, a mix of both. I, I think it's definitely a mix of both. I think they've missed on some talent and like a lot of like the cohesion, like a lot of their young players. I feel like just didn't gel. Um, mm. A lot of that could change if they get Victor, because I feel like that alone is enough to restructure your entire franchise and move some things around and make changes. And I know we joked about it before. If Harden really is adamant about coming back and like wants to, that changes everything. Victor and Harden with everything else they currently have there is such a different look than they have now. Um, yeah, but uh, like, let's say Harden comes back. What does that mean for Kevin Porter Jr.? What does that mean for Jalen Green? I think Jalen um, Green stays. I think Kevin Porter Jr. Is, can pack his bags. <laughs> Honestly. Or, he, yeah, I don't know. You adjust a little bit, but that's probably what happens. Yeah, I, I just think it's so interesting, like, Harden coming back. Who do they keep? Who do they don't? Because obviously you want to surround Harden with, like, a scoring threat and a roller. And um, 
And then like shooting, obviously, like a similar type of team build you would put around like a LeBron or another type of superstar like that. So, um, yeah, or even you know, and do you even trust Harden to be that guy um, anymore? So no, and I mean, this was a conversation I figured we'd have in the off season, but it, the Sixers are probably if he wants a max, like the Sixers probably have to be a little nervous about giving it to him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a lose lose situation for them. You either pay him, and that contract age, ages horribly, or you don't pay him and he walks. So yeah. it's not a great spot if you're the Sixers, which this actually, I like this segue into the Eastern Conference because that's who we're going to talk about now. Um, but the Sixers have a ton of pressure on them. They kind of have to win this year or mm-hmm. else like they're really in trouble. But so I, let's start at the top of the East and then we, sure. we'll eventually get to them. Um, I think the Buck. I, I guess it's so close between the Bucks and the Celtics that it could, anybody could come out down to first, but um, Bucks have obviously been super hot lately. Um, yeah, they lost yesterday, but that's fine. It, it was a close watched, game. But it was a close game, but I, I watched them really blow it. Did you guys watch it? Yeah, but that happened. I mean, they won 16 straight before that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not I worried. Watched, I watched Giannis make a couple of mistakes, and then, like, the last, their last attempt at a shot, they didn't even get the ball to him. I just thought it was. It was weird. I was I was shocked. It threw me off. Yeah, isn't I mean, Chris I, Middleton their shot taker though? Like at the end of the game, Drew Holiday took a bullshit three, and it was so weird. Yeah, I don't I, love that. It was really strange. They didn't even really have. I, a st- I still think we're putting you're putting too much stock into one game they lost when they won 16 straight before that, and we're like dominating teams. Kind like a playoff game. That's why it was so sure, but like. If they've lost playoff games before. They lost playoff games on their way to win the championship. Like teams lose games. I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. I think they are the best team in the East. And like, I gotta be honest, I think of it also in this perspective. I am a Knicks fan and I look at the teams in the East of like who I would be most afraid of if the Knicks had to play them in the playoffs. And the Bucks are far and away the number one. Like mm-hmm. the other teams, there are, I obviously, there are some that scare me. And I think there are some great teams in the East. I know I was saying before about how I think a lot of these playoff series in the East are going to be pretty crazy. Um, I, I just think the Bucks are in a tier of their own. I've, I've thought it all year. Once they got healthy, which they're starting to, and they added a couple key additions at the deadline, mm-hmm. they're better now. Like they really are the team. I think a lot of us thought they were going to be when they came into the season. I, th- I think the, I think the Bucks have a couple of flaws. I think the first thing is the speed at which Chris Middleton can come back and look like himself. Um, you know, he's getting there. He's really he, getting there. He is, but you have to remember he was a twenty-four point per game scorer for them, right? And he's hitting a lot of really tough shots. The games that I ha- I've seen him play, I think he's just kind of looked unengaged, or just he he's he's playing scared almost. Like I think I'm going to hurt myself again. Which if you do that, I think it becomes very difficult to regain your confidence. So there's, there's definitely truth in that. And um, when you think when we talk about like uh, teams wanting to attack Jokic in a pick and roll, I think when we talk about the Knicks, I think it's a, the Bucks are a very scary team because we know Tibbs isn't going to take a center off the floor, which allows the Bucks to play that double big lineup with Giannis and Brook Lopez on the floor, and then the Knicks are going to have all tor- sorts of spacing issues. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I also don't just want to look at them through the lens of the Knicks, but yes, like that's that's the thing. The Bucks have so many different combinations they could throw out. Mm-hmm. It's a scary team. They're so yeah. versatile. So and I think the I think the way of beating the Bucks is to try and attack those Brook Lopez minutes. Can you force them to play small, play Giannis at the five, and then when Giannis is on a rest, can you attack Brook Lopez yeah. as the backup center? So again, there there are ways to beat these teams. I think in the regular season, you know, when teams aren't really that focused on like attacking matchups and more just like uh, you know keeping the rotation steady, I I, I think the Bucks will end up uh, holding on to the first year. I also think the Bucs are going to be the one. Let's lock that in. Unless Michael can make a case for the Celtics. No, I can't. All right. We got Bucks on, but I think we all agree the Celtics are two. Yes. All right, cool. I think these two are realistically in a tier of their own. Um, I, like, I think they are definitively the best teams in the East. That said, the Celtics don't nearly scare me as much as I think they did back in December. Uh, I yeah, just, I'm, their role players stopped shooting like 50% from three. Well, that, and, that's definitely part of it, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I have Grant Williams and Al Horford being Steph Curry, so. Exactly. Uh, I still think, I think we talked about it before we started recording, but uh, Malcolm Brogdon possibly being sixth man of the year is huge for them. Yeah, And then, definitely. yeah, and they have defensive pieces at the forward spots, right? Like Grant Williams is a big body. Al Horford is a big body. 
Um, can Robert Williams be special? I think uh, obviously a defensive player of the year candidate last year, but um, you know, is he going to play that high level basketball again at some point? And hopefully he does. And right. then I think the Celtics again are very scary. Um, another one of those guys coming back from injury where we're like, you know, is he playing scared because he's scared to get injured again? Or is he just going out there and really playing basketball? So, right. Um, all right. But so we got these two in here and here's where it gets a little more fun. Cause it's, it's going to be the um, Sixers at three. I think the East is very tier. You, you have tier one, Bucks, Celtics, tier two, Cavs, and then you have like playoff teams playing teams and the, the rest. Right. So I think actually three through five is more of a toss up than we're letting mm. it on. I, could, I, could I don't think anyone overtakes. I don't think anyone realistically overtakes three, but I'm just saying, I think those teams are, it's, it's similar to how like teams had dug themselves a hole. Like Philly just has is up a certain amount of games, but like, are they definitively that much better than Cleveland, New York? I'll even, I'll go one step further. The heat I'd throw in there. Like, I think those four teams are all in a similar tier where I don't, I wouldn't go into a series confident in any one of those teams against each other. Yes. Would you? No, I think Cavs, Knicks, Heat are all very even. And I'm including the Sixers in that. I don't know about the Sixers. Sixers have one of the best players in the league. Like I understand and, that. You're taking MVP MV. The Sixers are are alone in their tier. Mitch cannot guard Embiid. Adebayo cannot guard Embiid. And you know, even like if you want to think about like But all Cavs, these teams have flaws too. The Sixers have their flaws. I mean their role players are not as good as they expected them to be. But they I, they saved all this money for PJ Tucker for him to not make a shot all season. I think so, it'd be pretty close to a hundred percent. I think it'd be pretty close to a hundred percent of people if you said the Sixers are playing the Cavs, who's going to win that series? I think everyone's Sixers. almost hundred percent. The Sixers I, I think, playing the I think a hundred percent would say the Sixers. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I think it's. I don't think it's as. I think the difference between them is like when I think about the 76ers, I kind of. Ex- they're like a first round lock. They're going to win whatever matchup they have in the first round because they're not yeah. playing the Bucs and they're not playing the Celtics. And I Maybe. think they're going to win whatever matchup they have. Whereas like I could potentially see the Cavs losing in the first round. I could potentially see the Knicks losing in the first round. I could see the Heat losing in the first round. That's true. That's true. But like, I wouldn't be like totally surprised if the Sixers lost in the first round. I wouldn't. I, I would be a little surprised. I think the East is a lot tighter than people are giving it credit for. Personally, I think what scares me the most as a Knicks fan is Donovan Mitchell playing four games in the Garden. Well, that's if they get home. So, who do you think gets the four? I mean, I think the Knicks have a chance, but I want the Cavs there. I think it's real. I mean, Knicks are only what a game and a half back of Cleveland right now, and they're yeah. a game behind in the loss column and two back in the win column. I mean, I think odds are the Knicks don't catch them. And so I think it's probably, I think honestly, four and five, it's going to go Cleveland and the Knicks and then the Heat are going to be six. I think if we're all, if we're being honest with ourselves, it's probably the way this is going to shake out, right? Yeah. Cleveland, Knicks, Miami. Heat. Yeah. Heat. Even though the Nets are currently sitting at six, I just think the Nets are falling off. Um, 100%. Yeah. I, and then the play in is a totally different story. But I think realistically, the top six teams. Yeah, there might be a little jostling for position, but like I do think odds are Cleveland hangs on to the four, the Knicks are going to be the five, and then the Heat are the six. Those are some fun ass series. I got to say, I do mean, with, do you agree with this, Mike, with the four, five, six? I do. Three, and three, I think, four, and five, I think six. Sixers, Heat, Butler against the Sixers is so much fun. And the Sixers is great. Like that Butler is- against the Sixers. The Knicks playing the Cavs in like the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes is so much fun. And then whatever the hell happens with the Bucks and Celtics, they're gonna beat up on whoever wins the play-in. Like, but those those two series right there are gonna be unreal first round matchups. And they're gonna set up even crazier second round ones because it's just Titans at the top of the East. My God. Um, but all right, are so they... let's go let's go seven through ten. Who do we think fills out the rest of the play-in? Well, I, I think the first spot is do you think the Nets are going to be in at seven, or do you think the Hawks could pass them and take the top playing spot? The Hawks are three and a half back of the Nets, but there's plenty of time. And the, the Hawks, Hawks are trying been, to win. The Hawks fired their head coach. They made changes, and they've been winning a little bit. Um, I mean, I regretfully think that they the Hawks wind up there. 
I I mean the Nets the Nets are three and seven in their last ten. And granted, the Hawks are only five hundred. They're five and five in their last ten. But I think they the have to fire their coach. The Nets are bad because yeah. they had Kyrie and Kevin Durant on the mm-hmm. team. They have all these nationally televised games scheduled for them, and for some reason ESPN can't flex them out. So I've been watching Brooklyn Nets basketball, and it, it, it's almost painful. Yeah. It's just tough. You have a lot of guys who excelled in their roles, and now you're like, oh, here. But they have no playmaking. They have yeah. they play four guys who are like off the ball shooter, attack closeout scorers, and right. it, it, it hurts. It, it, like they need they have nobody to initiate a play, and right. like their defense is so ass because again they don't have anybody as like a point of attack defender. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I agree. I think the Hawks probably jump them. I think it's not so far-fetched to say the Raptors do too. The Raptors only a half game back at the Hawks. And since they've gotten Pirtle, they've looked better. It's a weird so thing then, to say. So then but, here in at nine, we think Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn and then, pro- I mean, I don't know. It's toss-up, but probably the Wizards at 10. Yeah, I think so. But I will say it's irrelevant because whoever gets it, whoever even, it's probably going to be the Hawks and the Raptors to get out of this whole situation um so then the first team to miss the playoffs is the pacers the pacers the bulls they're both trying to get there i think it's a toss-up of i mean they currently have the same record chicago's so bad chicago actually just actually this is so funny they are they're both 29 and 36 they're both 18 and 15 at home and 11 and 21 on the road but tyrese halberton just had a game winner against the bulls you're right so that's the that's the differentiator there so Um, now the pacers are two games up with the bulls yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, I think we leave it like that. And then the bottom is actually probably set because the Magic aren't horrific. And then the Hornets and Pistons have lost their two best players. Or they've lost their best player each. So I think, that, honestly, this probably holds down at the bottom. Uh, actually, Detroit has their best player playing still. Ah, uh, yes. Jaden Ivey, definitely their best player. Uh, I think I spoke Charlotte wrong. Actually, I can't really read it, but that looks right uh, to me. That's right. Yeah, yeah you're, oh you're God, Did I do it? You got it. It's one of those yeah. cities that I always spell wrong. I'm like, is it two L's? Is it two T's? Is it two Charlotte R's? You know? Yeah, right. but they, I mean, they're bad without LaMelo. Like, they're going to lose a ton of games. And they might not win another game this season, honestly. They're pretty horrible. <laughs> I mean, they are. They're literally terrible. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> There's no sugarcoating it. They're 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 down bad. All um right. So let's move on to the awards then. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. Who do we think comes out of the? Who's in the Eastern Conference Final? Oh, who's in the okay. Finals and who wins? I think um, it's going to be Bucks. I think it's going to be Bucks and Celtics. Realistically, I, I'm I'm a big Bucks Celtics guy too. I could see the Sixers beating the Celtics though, just because I think I don't. I could see it. Going to be Bucks Boston, which it I, is going to be Bucks Boston. I root for chaos. Like the Sixers getting there would be exciting. But I wouldn't want that to happen at the expense of the Bucks, at least. But they, I don't think they would have to play the Sixers. Well, I also the the Sixers are going to get hosed because um, they're going to have to play the Heat in the first round, the Celtics in the second round, and then if they win the Bucks again, like they're going to have the hardest road out of anyone to win a championship. Honestly, that's a gauntlet. I, th- I think the Western. I think we talked about this last night. I think we texted briefly about yeah. um, who's going to be in the finals. And we all put down Bucks, so it's good to see that we agreed Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. But our Western Conference champions were all different. So I think that, all right. So who do we think has a shot of making the Western Conference Final? Because I think you could make the case for like Los Angeles Clippers. Six teams. I think it's going to be well. Also, we have to consider matchups, so that's another hard thing. But I think the Nuggets have a shot. I think the Suns have a shot. Realistically, I don't envision the Kings or Grizzlies getting there or the Timberwolves. I, I could see the Warriors. I could see the Timberwolves. I, or I could see the Warriors. I could see the Clippers. And then I'll hell be damned. You can't convince me otherwise. If the Lakers make the playoffs, you can convince me that they can get there. You just can. Because if LeBron gets healthy by that point, I'm not going to de- – they have looked so good since they got rid of Westbrook and brought in, like, the role players who can actually Both, both L.A. teams, Warriors – Suns Nuggets. Those are my five. I think there's five possible. teams you could convince me could get in, but I think I'm, realistically it's Nuggets Suns. Who are you on, on Mike? The King, no, I think the Kings. As, okay, so six with the Kings. 
I think their lack of experience holds them back. But yeah, I think they're, I mean, they're, they've been one of the most consistent teams all year, regardless of conference or anything. The Nuggets and the Kings, honestly, I think are the most consistent teams in the NBA all season. I think if you look at the Kings second round matchup, I think that's where it gets difficult. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even their first round one isn't, is not easy. No, definitely not easy, but I think the series is 100% winnable for the Kings. Uh, I think the Timberwolves are a good team. I don't know if they have the talent to beat the Kings. Right. And if they they somehow get the Suns as their second-round matchup, which seems like it might be a reality, or there is, like, the weird parallel universe where the Grizzlies hang on to two and they're the three, and somehow they're playing the Grizzlies in the second round. So you never know how it's really going to unfold, but if that's the case, their first-round matchup is probably much harder anyway. So I don't know. There's a lot of variability. But I, I just... I would be surprised. Uh, so, so my final prediction for the Western Conference Finals is going to be Can we agree the Nuggets are getting there? Nuggets. Say, yeah, I think the Nuggets definitely get there. I think they're the best team um, in the West. Nuggets, Nuggets, Suns. I also think Nuggets, Suns. I want it. I know at the beginning of the year I said it was going to be the Clippers, but the Russ experiment and their trade deadline has done enough for me to think they're not making it. All right, I'll, I'll give in for the Phoenix Suns here. I, I believe enough in that roster. I think um, they might not have the depth, but when it comes playoff time, when you shorten that rotation, they're yeah. going to be fine. Booker so. and Durant is a very crazy pairing. I, I mean, like, like a hard playoff team to stop. I think the I think this is the most space Devin Booker will ever have in his entire career. So um, yeah. I think it'll be good to see how he takes advantage of it. And obviously, as they continue to play, uh, they'll start to feed more off each other. So we've seen them have good games together. It's only going to get easier. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Who do we think comes out of both conferences? In this, in these matchups, I think it's going to end up being Bucks Nuggets. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Bucks Nuggets too, because I think the depth of the Nuggets gets them through the Suns. I agree. And then we have these two international titans. Also, final. I also think it's really important to remember that, like in the Denver Nuggets Phoenix Suns matchup, how many minutes does DeAndre Ayton play? And how does that allow Jokic to play defense and stay on the floor? Oh, yeah. That's a really good point. Um, I, I I mean, people Whereas have always like, kind of said he gets played off the court in the playoffs and everything. But at the same time, like, he is so efficient. Like, his metrics, his numbers, sure, they might be a little lower than they are in the regular season, but everyone's typically are in the playoffs. Sure. Like, his efficiency doesn't drop off, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what's so important. The Warriors, right? You like you play Jokic into space, and now he's got like a one-on-one with Curry. It's over, right? That second round matchup almost scares me more than the than the if they see the Suns in the finals or I agree. Western Conference Finals. But all right, so what do we think? Bucks Nuggets final. It doesn't feel that simple to me, but I'm fine with going with that. It's never this simple, and a lot can change. Someone might get hurt. It's gonna, there's gonna uh, be weird things that happen. Okay, so the Nuggets Bucks play. Who's winning? The Bucks. The Bucks are winning. I'm I'm pretty confident in that. I think I said it at the beginning of the year too, and I'm I'm I think that's why I'm biased. I think I think I agree with Bucks because I at the end of the they're day they're also the think, hottest team in the NBA right now. I also don't think the Nuggets can will be able to guard uh, Giannis that well. Yeah, I think the double big lineup again comes into play where if Jokic right. is always on the floor, then you get to play Giannis and Lopez together, and yeah. I think Giannis does way more than Aaron Gordon could ever dream of. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. do we all agree Milwaukee here? I agree. I think, what do you think our biggest oversight is? I think it's got to be the Warriors, right? I think it's got to be one who... I thought about Western the Warriors challenges. making it. The problem is the Warriors, if they are in the 4-5 game, they're going to run into the, to the Nuggets. So, so Lakers the Lakers game today, the Lakers game today was kind of questionable for me. It's like, no LeBron, no D'Lo. And they struggled to be an Anthony Davis-led Lakers team, especially with Curry back. I don't. Yeah, and it was his first game back. But I, I also think the Warriors are just. I was watching it. They're just not. They're not that good. Yeah, I think. I think they yeah. lack some of the depth they've always had on those championship runs. Mm-hmm. I think but, if they had Wiggins back, it would be a completely different story. But I'm never going to sleep on them. And like honestly, like Matthew said, I'm not going to sleep on the Lakers too. Like if LeBron's actually healthy. Yeah. You know, I just, yeah, that's a huge question mark, though, and I don't think we can rely on it. So, I am, uh, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with what we ended up with here. Okay, I'm happy locking it in. All right, let's move on to awards then. Okay, I, I feel we're going to be unanimous at least for the first two. 
MVP. It's got to be Jokic again, Jokic. So here's the thing. I know we're going to say it's got to be Jokic. I think Giannis has made a case to be in the conversation and close. No? I don't think you can win the finals and be the MVP in the same year. I don't know about that. I'm probably, gonna, I think that's I, definitely happened at points. I would need to go uh, big 100%, through. but um, I'm just, maybe I'm like shacked at it. Their, I'm going off of their current season right now. Like as of I right think now. Jokic is – I mean, he is. To me, he wins. But I like I don't love I mean it's kind of one of those things I forget who, what podcast I was listening to but they're talking about it and they were saying like all right who's your MVP and they go Jokic and then they're like upset when he has like ninety whatever percent of first play first overall votes and it's like it doesn't feel like that much of a runaway because there have been other great guys but like if you had a vote you would vote for him and so like that's why it's like I wish there was like some way to like hear it where I'm like. Jokic is the MVP, but like Giannis is right there, and you could say Embiid is really close too. Like it doesn't feel as much of a runaway as other you, years. Can I give you why I think he's the MVP? Why? When you watch him versus when you watch Giannis, you just feel like Giannis is like trying as hard as he can and getting all these rebounds and dunking, and you know, it's it's super intense. I swear to you, when I'm watching Jokic play, it doesn't seem like he knows what his stats are, and it also seems like. Each game he goes in and he's like, let me see if I can how Make many times pass first. Like it seems like he's playing games within the game. It's it's like a whole other level of like it's kind of effortless. Is but that's also why the advanced analytics support him. And that's why, you know, I know people get so upset with those the analytics and that's not how you play basketball. And it doesn't say everything, but like, yeah, fine. You're describing you're describing the eye test. Everything I'm talking about is more analytics based and like just the numbers. They support him. He's the most efficient player. And I mean, he's a machine. I think he deserves it. When you watch Giannis, you're like amazed by the athleticism and like dominance or whatever. And when you watch Jokic, you're watching like the Globe Trotters, but a professional basketball player. It's mm-hmm. it's like magic kind of. So so are we all agreed it's Jokic, but like with like a with a Giannis an honorable mention to everyone else? Yeah. I mean you could put you down as Giannis. I'm not. Yeah. He was my preseason pick, and I, barring some crazy run to end the year, I just don't think he can catch Jokic. Okay, so then rookie of the year, are we all gonna agree on Paolo again? Paolo, yeah. Matherin's close, I'd say, but like now it's Paolo. Okay, that's how you spell it. Looks right to me. Uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, Jaden Ivy here, just to spice things up. Just for fun? No, yeah, I think yeah, it's. Yeah. I think that's a uh, a throwaway, Luke. I think that's a mistake. It could be, but uh, I guess we'll find out at the end of the year. <laughs> All right. So then, what's next? What do we got? Defensive player Defensive of the year. Defensive player of the year. Aaron. It's gonna be Jaron Jackson Jr. Especially after like that weird Reddit post that came out that like they were like cooking the books with his blocks, but it turned out he actually was just blocking a ton of shots. Um, it's gonna be him. Brooke Lopez was up there for a while. I think people said Claxton or Giannis too, but like, no, <laughs> it's going to be Jared Jackson Jr. And I don't really like it. I don't love uh, it. Yeah. I mean, I think Nick Claxton had a chance for sure at some point, but uh, it gets tough. All right. So, so far we're pretty aligned. Um, most most improved. improved. I feel like this is an automatic pick. SGA. No. What? Are you kidding? Why would I be kidding? Laurie Markkinen. Oh, that's a good Markkinen one. Markkinen far and away is the most improved player this year. I think it's SGA by a mile. How? How? Markkinen was like getting cut, but not getting cut, but like wasn't wanted on teams. And then he, now he's an all-star. Yeah, but he are the Jazz any good? They were before I they traded away. They're good players. The Jazz were actually good this year. And he was leading the charge. Whatever. SGA, SGA averaging over 30 points. And became like a bona fide. He was already really good. Like it. He became a top 12, I would say. I guess, when you think about it from a pure statistic standpoint and also like accolades they earned at the season, Lloyd Markin was averaging 15 last year, 25 points this year. All-star. I think it's are up, Assists and defense and whatnot. You know, my dark horse. My dark Should horse. He's not going to win. Should- Shea did average 25 last year. My uh, my was dark horse who could be most improved would be Jalen Brunson. I mean, what he's done since January was basically averaging 30 points a game. But we like, saw him just... be this guy in 
That's the only thing holding him back, but I'm saying like doing it for a full season like this and carrying a team. I don't know. I'm, I don't think he's going to win. I still think Markkinen is far and away. I can't believe you guys are disagreeing with me on that. I think he's so, wow. This is our first category where we are just not even close to aligned. <laughs> I think Tyrese Halbert in uh, kind of like being the best player on the Pacers and having the Pacers be a surprise, decent team says a lot towards him being most improved. Yeah. All right. Um, Sixth man of the year. I don't know. I'm going to put Brogdon. I think Brogdon has consistently been most of the season, which is probably why he's going to get it. Um, I think it's probably Brogdon. You can make the case for Norm Powell. I so badly want it to be Emmanuel quickly, but it won't be. I'm going to go with Brogdon. Luke, you seem to be a little more pensive. Uh, I like Norman Powell off the Clippers. I think. Um, I also I think don't. Westbrook had a shot if they didn't start him now on the Clippers. He was putting up good num good numbers off the bench for the Lakers, but like he was never going to win. I think this is one of the ones I think about a lot. Thinking about like who comes off the bench, because uh, when you really think about it, like the sixth man of the year has always been this guy. He comes in off the bench, he puts in 20, like a Lou Will, Jordan Clarkson when he wanted, and um, Jamal Crawford. Like, those guys were scoring 20 points a game, and I feel like the six men this year are, like, a very balanced player where, like, not only are they scorers, not only are they competent offensively, but they also play defense, they pass, they um, – so it's, like, uh, less like um, – it's hard to tell this year, in my opinion. Yeah. So where are you landing? We're I both going to go in. I want to go Norman Powell. All right. I like it. Uh, now we're Brock. going with Brogdon. Yeah. All right. These lists are totally changing. It's funny. Um, Very coach of the year. Coach of the year. Let's, uh, let's not revisit who I picked at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Is he still a coach? Uh, yeah, he might, he might be at some point. <laughs> I see. Uh, uh yeah, I, I picked Mike Brown. That was a mistake. Mike Brown. Mike is, Brown. So I was, I'm between Mike Brown and then I'm going to go with the, the new Celtics head coach. I'm going Joe Missoula just because I think a lot of people going into the season when he did have to step down or get fired or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think a lot of people probably said the Celtics would take a hit. They've been in first most of the year, and then now the Bucks went on a 16-game win streak to catch them, which is kind of out of their hands. I mean, Missoula has done everything you could possibly ask an interim coach to do. I'm going to stick with my pick from the original. Really? Uh, yeah, and I, I think Joe Missoula obviously has done a great job this year. Mike Brown has done a great job this year. But um, I think my reasoning for how Terry Jenkins at the beginning of the year was that this is an award that gets handed to the people who should have won it last year. Yeah. And I think the fact that the Grizzlies will still continue to be good this year, I know right now they're at two, they might drop a little farther. According to our predictions, they're going to be at four. Um, I still think the Grizzlies being decent and him pretty much deserving it last year means he's going to win it this year. The same type of way yeah. Monty Williams won it the year last year and so on yeah. and so forth. So that's definitely, there's a string of that. There's a precedent for this award. One other guy, though, that I think we're not talking about is Jacques Vaughn. And I think if the Nets mm. did keep Kyrie and KD, he would absolutely 100%. be in the conversation, too. But now they're losing games again. And it's, like, not even his fault they're losing games. But yeah, he did I'm really also, well when he took over. I'm also interested to understand why Steve Nash didn't really work out. Because I, I, I don't understand the difference in the coaching philosophies between Jacques Vaughn and Steve Nash. I think it literally is just a personality thing. and Yeah, which to me is so weird, right? But... Yeah, I don't know. Um, so what else do we got? What's next? Scoring, scoring champ? champ. I got to look up who's leading the NBA I think scoring. At this point, it's pretty obvious. I think at the top, we have Luka, Embiid, Lillard, Giannis. But Luka's 33.4, Embiid is 33 flat, Damian Lillard 32.3, and Giannis 31.1. I think the biggest challenge here is thing about how many games have been played and how many games will be played. Right. So those those um, averages aren't going to shift that much. I think it's going to be Luca. And my reasoning behind that is 
the way the Mavericks play now after their trade for Kyrie is like, it's got to be fast paced and we got to score a lot. If we're going to beat teams. Yeah. And so they're going to ask him to have to continue to do that. Whereas Embiid can kind of relax a little bit. Dame is probably going to have to up it if they want to make the play in. Um, but he's pretty much doing everything he can at this point anyway. So I don't know. And then I, I can't imagine Giannis catching up either. So I really do think it's, it's between Doncic and Embiid. And I think Doncic is going to go off. I think if the only way someone catches Luca is if someone's averaging like 50 over the last 15 games, you know? Yeah. So, um, Michael, who do you think? Agreed. Luca. Yeah. That feels like a lock. He's also going to have to do more to right. secure his placing in the playoffs versus right. Embiid. Agreed. All right. So now we're on to some less fun things. But who do we think wins the uh, the tank standings? I think it's the Rockets. Um, they control their own destiny. So I think they're, what, a half game up in the tank standings on Detroit. And then the Spurs are a game and a half back from them. Um, I think it's going to be the Rockets. I think the Rockets are terrible. According to Tankathon right now, Houston is in the lead with the worst record. Detroit is half a game ahead. San Antonio one and a half ahead. And then Charlotte is five ahead of Houston. Right. Um, I'm going to go with the Spurs just to shake it up. And that's where I want him to go. Yeah. I, um, let me see. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to stick with Houston. I'm going to stick with the Houston Rockets as well. Um, I don't want Wembenyama going to Detroit only because, um, I think that, I think that would be an incredible pairing. Yeah. I think would. that would be, I think it'd be a terrible pairing because like you have Jaden Ivey, who's going to demand the ball all the time, all NBA Hall of Famer type player. <laughs> and, uh, you just can't have all those yeah, you hide your bias roster. there. But no, I think Ivy, Cade, and Wemby are like a very good young yeah, they put together. They all, their games are so complementary to one another that I think it would make a ton of sense. I think it's also important to remember that Detroit has a lot more than just Cade and Ivy right now. Oh, yeah. Um, they have Wiseman. They have Bagley. They have um, I mean, they have a ton Isaiah Stewart. They have uh, Killian Hayes. So, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran. Yeah. So, like, couple of those guys are going to end up oh, yeah. developing, especially underneath uh, Dwayne Casey. Best record. Who do we like? Milwaukee I, Bucks. I'm going to go with the Nuggets, just because I think for them it's a little easier. Um, I'll, I'll go Nuggets, too. I think, it's between the two. I think it's between the two, and it's kind of a toss-up, but I think they're like a little less injured. Currently, their schedule does get easier now for the next, like, 10 games. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Nugs. And then worst record, I think, probably feeds into what we were all just saying. I think it's the Rockets. I think the Detroit Pistons will end up with a rich record, but the Rockets Mm -hmm. will be the first pick. All right, I'm going going Houston. Houston. And, yeah, I mean, a lot changes in the lottery, but this could be the one year where – Whoever is actually the worst team ends up with the guy. The All Dallas right. pick ends up being in the lottery and then by some I, chance it's first. And... I think it's top 10 protected. Am I making that Oh, up? is it? That's so sad. I think it is. I might be making that up. Um, but I do think there are protections on it. Um, All right. Well, this looks much different than it did in the beginning of the season. We did all right, but uh, I mean, too much has changed. We had the Bucks winning it at the beginning of the year. We were consistent on the Bucks. Then we, ooh, Paolo, nothing's changed. Michael called Luca as the uh, the high scorer. Uh, oh, yeah. I think this might be broken because it says I had Paolo. Um, ah well, I mean, it's it's close. Yeah, we're doing okay. Where did we have Phoenix? Uh, we had Phoenix at five, and now we have them at three. We yeah, Grizz- I mean, it's all kind of close. Clippers are way down there now. We almost got the Lakers pretty good. The Kings are farther up than we thought. The Raptors, we nailed. Oh, we gave the Bulls way more credit than we should have. 
And wow, uh, we hated the Wizards. And the Wizards and Pacers are both much better than we thought. I think I expected a lot out of Lamelo Ball, yeah. and uh, I wonder if Michael Bridges had been thrown in jail or had legal issues yet when we made this list. Yeah, it might have been around the same time when we were like, "What's his status?" Yeah. So, hmm. All right. I don't hate where we're at. Um. All right. Do we have anything else we want to cover, or am I going to stop recording this podcast and watch the Knicks play the Boston Celtics on Sunday night? Let's go to the Knicks. Yeah, let's go to the Knicks. All righty. Well, team, uh, for those of you who have joined us, thank you for tuning in. uh, And definitely dial in next time for more Hoop True Basketball.